Hi, everyone. Welcome in to the Straight from the Crest podcast. I'm your host, Michael David Kresovich, episode 11. I'm all by myself today. G's still maneuvering his way through the wild, wild south, doing what he does. He'll be back next week. No worries. Uh, we have a lot to get to today. A uh, lot to discuss. Uh, first, we're going to talk about Penn State, Michigan, my takeaways from that, what I saw from the film, what it means going forward as a team. Uh, who I think Michigan is, and of course later we're going to transition into the Rutgers preview as Penn State has yet another noon kick with a Big Ten opponent and a uh, a mediocre one this week, I would say. Not as great as Michigan, but still a team to take seriously because we certainly don't know how good Penn State is or which team is going to show up. I want to start with this. Michigan 21, Penn State 17. It seems every year I have these preconceived fundamental beliefs that who you are as a Big Ten team is what you are historically. For example, Ohio State. They're going to have a crushing defense, playmakers all over the field, and a great coach, whether it's Urban Meyer or Ryan Day. They're going to get it done. Michigan, Michigan's going to play great defense. They're not going to overwhelm you with your playmakers, and Jim Harbaugh's there. Oh, hand up. I was wrong. I, I thought Penn State would be able to get it done. I thought they'd be able to play a little spoiler on the Wolverines, but Michigan's a better team than Penn State is. Maybe they don't have the recruits Penn State has. They certainly don't have the wide receiving core. If you saw what their wideouts looked like, it looked like Penn State's practice squad guys that they put in when they're up 56 nothing to Ball State. Um, but this year, Michigan's a better football team than the Nittany Lions. It's plain and simple. Plain and simple. Uh, I do want to talk about a few instances in the game and essentially just break down what I thought in the three facets of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. I want to start with the offense first. I thought Sean Clifford played a C-plus, B-minus game. Uh, I think he's at a handicap with his offensive line. I think he's under pressure. I don't think he's 100% healthy, and I think that's evident in what you're seeing from him now. Uh, you don't even have to look at the stat line. Watch him play this season compared to where he was two seasons ago. I don't count last season. Asterix a year. Don't count it. Um, erased it from my memory. Uh, even even against Auburn, I thought he played one of the better games of his career. He's not the Sean Clifford he used to be, whether that's health, whether it's a men mental thing. Um, but you could see that against Michigan. Granted, he had guys like Aiden Hutchinson coming at him. Uh, a great defense he had to go against. And on the flip, um, the run game, I thought it was one of the better, more efficient games that the Nittany Lions have had all season long. Of course, from a numbers standpoint, they're in for 109 yards. Avon Lee led the group, thought he had one of the better days uh, running the ball, one of the better games of the season for him. Uh, he was able to find holes. And on the outside, uh, you got you got what you got from your best players. Parker Washington and Jahan Dodson, they showed up. They, they did their thing. Props to them. And I just want to get into some game notes now, what I thought. And I'd like to start with the first drive of the game. Of course, Penn State comes out, drives the field. Uh, fake punt attempt. Loved it. Uh, which I don't know how it worked because right after a timeout and Michigan's two upbacks were right in the linebacker area. They, were, they knew it was coming. They still couldn't stop it with a little the little over-the-top pass, but it worked. Loved the aggressive. They took three there. Good start to the game. And then, of course, later in the half, they try the abysmal uh, fake field goal from the right hash, 
where they they don't try to give the ball to their best athlete. What they do is they try to flip it to Jordan Stout to make him outrun defensive backs and linebackers. I, now, I couldn't tell if he was trying to throw it to Tyler Warren. I know he tried to kick the end out, but that didn't work. That hurt. Uh, I think they should have just gone for it or just taken the three. Don't love that call. Uh, the defense brought brought some some pressure we have not seen in a few games. They they brought Brisker up to the box often, and that was a risk-reward. Uh, it hurt us late on the last touchdown, uh, bringing some extra pressure with the under route that ended up being the game-winning touchdown, the deciding factor. But I loved the defensive aggressiveness, switching it up, trying to make plays, trying to play spoiler. Uh, and just in general, I thought Jordan Stout did a phenomenal game uh, kicking-wise. Um, not knocking on his athletic ability whatsoever. I just don't agree with that call in the time of the game. And I'd like to now move to the second half because I thought the first drive that Michigan had really set the tone for the game. That shocked me. I think often uh, Penn State's offense relied on its defense to carry the way. And I think Penn State's defense relied on its offense just to hold its own. Neither did each this past weekend. The defense played by far not its best game. The offense couldn't get it done. One touchdown in the fourth quarter. Uh, and, of course, Michigan comes out, drives down the field effortlessly, and really set the tone for the rest of that half. And there was one thing that I really did not like late in the fourth quarter with the fourth and five field goal attempt. Of course, Penn State has the ball. Uh, in the third, or around the seven-minute mark, if I remember correctly, fourth and five on Michigan's 25. You're down 14 to six. I have no idea why they're attempting a 43-yard field goal attempt. It, it would only make it 14-9. You're still going to need a touchdown. Go for it now. And they missed. I think it was karma serving them because Penn State made a coward play call. You have to go for that. You're an underdog at home against one of the best teams in the country. Go for it. And then, with that being said, the f the fourth and two call late. Um, not sure what the thought process there was. Four wide with a running back. Uh, I like the formation. I hate the execution. It looked like it was a crossing scheme across the board with the outside guy going nine route fade up the sideline. Very low efficiency throw. I like that shot on third and two, not fourth and two. Maybe a little play action keeper with Sean Clifford. Maybe a little uh, shovel pass to Tyler Warren at the tight end position. Get the athletes the ball, and they failed to do it. And that was really the story in the game, of course. Then Michigan went on to run the clock out and get the win. Uh, like I said before, hand up, underestimated Michigan, over, <laughs> overthought who Penn State really was. But I think now we're, we're just – it's a rough year. It is a rough year, a promising start. But it's been cooled, cooled down for the Nittany Lions. Um, and the Big Ten stretch continues. Another noon kick coming up this weekend against the 5-5 five and five Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. Of course, their head coach, Greg Schiano, who Penn State fans you guys are very familiar with, assisted under Joe Paterno in the 90s. Uh, they're a tricky team because they have a seven-point loss in Ann Arbor to Michigan, but they have a 21-7 loss to Northwestern and a 49-point loss to Wisconsin. And they're coming off a big 35-3 win over Indiana. Of course, just from an overview, uh, the first two things that jump out from what I've seen from them on film is decent corners. 
They play very aggressive. They take the ball away and they cover. Shaky O-line. I think this is going to create opportunities for guys like Arnold Ebiketti to have a game. I think I'm going to – I said five and a half sacks two weeks ago. I think they, they finally get four. They're going to get four sacks here. Uh, but let's just talk about Greg Schiano um, first and foremost. Uh, comes in that last year, three and six in the Big Ten, which not great, not great. But all things considered with Rutgers, that's pretty impressive. Uh, the three wins matched what they had there in the Big Ten four years before Shiano got there combined. So he was able to really, really turn this program around. And uh, from a personnel perspective, like I talked about the defensive backs, they have a trio of guys who you guys will notice that really stick out. Uh, first and foremost, Avery Young and Trey Avery. They're, they're guys that are going to make plays. Um, and then they have a transfer, Patrick Rene. Um, he, he's a special guy. Uh, you'll, you'll see all three of those. And on the offensive side of the ball, they have a, a quarterback named Noah Vedrill. Um, one of the more underrated, accurate passers in the Big Ten, in my opinion. Only, only seven touchdowns, not an overwhelming talent, um, five interceptions, but he, he's got some playmakers around him, that's for sure. Uh, and one of my favorite wide receivers in the, in the conference, Bo Melton, who's a special playmaker, deep threat, who can really hurt you. And uh, at the running back's position, they have Pacheco, who uh, is one of the one of the better playmakers in the Big Ten. Uh, he he catches the ball well. He's a speedy back, and um, he's really the only other guy on this offense that Penn State has to be mindful of. It's going to be a challenge, I think, for Penn State um, in terms of a score prediction, which I needed a Penn State touchdown late, and I would have nailed that exact score last week uh, in the Michigan game. I like Penn State 31-17 in this one, and here's why. Uh, I think they have the better quarterback, they have a better defense, and they're playing at home, their last home game. I, I think there's something to be said for the seniors who are there, and I don't know if this is going to be Sean Clifford's last game in Beaver Stadium. I think it is, to be truthful with you guys. Uh, whether uh, James Franklin's there, I don't think both Franklin and Clifford are there next year. Um, and I, I don't know who the new coach will be, I don't know what his plans are, but my gut tells me this might be Sean Clifford's last game ever at Beaver Stadium. So I like a 31-17 game. Uh, I think Rutgers competes early, but I think it's it's a lot like Maryland where Penn State kind of comes out the second half. Uh, the weather's not going to be as bad as it was last week. So look for, look for Penn State to try to expand on the run game, not, not over-pursue it. If it's not there, they can't be dumb and try to force it. They can't run the ball 44 times for 61 yards. Uh, open up the offense. I'd like to see Mike Yersich, uh dive into his bag of plays more, especially near the red zone. Uh, but that's really all I have. Oh, they also have a really good punter, by the way, uh, which uh, Coach Franklin talked about today. Um, so you'll Corsack, I believe his name is. Uh, you, you'll see him uh, for the, the weird people that like punters. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, he's a special guy. Uh, him and Jordan Stout are atop the Big Ten in punting. Uh, so special teams lovers, you're in for a good one. But that's really all I have. And uh, like I said, 31-17. Uh, 31-17 prediction right now. Uh, if you're going, enjoy the game. Penn State's last home game. As always, thank you guys for listening. Very much appreciated. Have a great week. Take care. Welcome to the Straight from the Crest podcast.